Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Would you bow, me, bow with me in prayer? Almighty and gracious God, it is uh, wonderful to be here tonight, gathered together as fellow churches with Converge, Center Baptist, Overland Hills, gathered together in this place, those who are gathered with us online. Lord, we're grateful for this opportunity to celebrate Emmanuel, God with us, and the joy and the hope it gives to us and to the world. Lord, as we think of this season of the year, Lord, we know we have many mixed emotions because uh, in, this, in this environment of the pandemic, it has challenged us in, in so many ways, challenged us to be able to be together, find ways to connect. For those who have suffered from the illness, Lord, those who have, are recovering, those who may still be in the throes of that illness. And even, even as I think of that, Lord, we lift up Pastor John to you right now and pray that you would be with him in that recovery. Lord, we know that uh, it, it, it causes a distraction, and yet, Lord, it, it also gives us an opportunity to even with greater uh, depth of, of emphasis to count on you and trust in you in this time. So, Lord, we pray that you would allow us to not even, to not only be able to share together in the joy of, of being together, however we might be able to do that in close proximity or at a distance, to share in this season, uh, to have fellowship and have that bond of family, but, Lord, to always be able to focus on the most precious gift we have, which is your Son. Lord, we pray for Pastor Davey as he has prepared this message to share with us that it might give us insight and inspiration. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, good evening again. It is so good to be here tonight with old friends and my new friends and families uh, of friends. Uh, first of all, just thank you so much for the uh, musicians. That was beautiful. Praise God uh, for that music. Um, there's just something so sweetly familiar for many of us about a Christmas Eve service, amen? 
Um, when there's a lot of busyness and chaos and turbulence in the world, um, there's just something that makes me feel at home being here with all of you. Um, I brought some slides to share with you this evening, if we can bring those up. Um, I found this word cloud. You all know what a word cloud is. I found that uh, this word cloud on the computer this week, which really highlights just how vastly our vocabulary has changed over the course of a year. I was here giving a message on Christmas Eve last year, and I didn't know 95% of these words. Um, Zoom apparently is one of the most popular words that's been uttered this year, but words like N95 and COVID-19, contact tracing, flattening the curve, even social distancing. I bet if you were to survey one of the six or seven-year-olds who are here tonight, they would understand what those words mean. And none of us knew any of these things at this time last year. Now, here's a word which has become all too familiar for us this year, right? The word canceled. I remember last March, I was actually, it was actually in this very building, I was here because my kids uh, were at Awana, and I think A.J. Coleman and I were having a, a discussion out in the lobby um, about how these news reports were a little overblown, like we're really going to go into a lockdown and they're going to cancel things like sports. It's kind of funny thinking back on it now, but I, I remember coming home after that night of Awana hoping to catch the end of an Oklahoma City Thunder game, or to at least catch the score, and I found out it had been canceled before the tip-off because somebody had come down with coronavirus, with COVID-19. And really, that was just the beginning of all the cancellations. There was, it was followed by March Madness, then Major League Baseball, you can see where my mind is, church services, then schools, summer vacations, all of them canceled. Canceled is not a fun word. And of course, this word has become all too familiar in its other use that we've come to know and not love this year. Maybe you know someone or you are someone who has been canceled for committing the sin of expressing ideas or opinions that are not in step with the tides of this culture. But I wonder what words, when you look back on 2020, what words will best define this year for you? Will it be words like masks, Zoom meetings, quarantines, cancellations, maybe social unrest or political turmoil? And maybe for some of you who are here tonight, it's more personal. Maybe 2020 for you has been a very sad year because it's been a year without the regular fellowship that you've enjoyed in the past. Or maybe it's been a year of wondering whether or not you are going to have a job tomorrow. My dad was reflecting really recently about the Christmas that they spent just after his dad had lost his job and how difficult that was. Maybe for some of you, it's been a year of losing a loved one and this is the first Christmas that you're going to spend without them. I think all of us would agree that in 2020, there's been plenty of reason to lament, and to say, how long, O Lord? Though this year, though, has, though it's felt, for many, particularly difficult, maybe particularly 
somber. And this Christmas is, is not, uh, does not have the level of excitement that it's had in years past. We know that this is not the first hard year in the history of man. This is not the first difficult Christmas that people have experienced. Just imagine if you were in London or in Manchester, England to be exact, after the Christmas Eve bombings in 1940. Imagine what that Christmas must have been like for the people living there. Or maybe if you were in Pearl Harbor in Hawaii, that Christmas right after December 7th, 1941. I wonder what the families were thinking that Christmas. Reflect back, though, to what it was like in the year, what it must have been like in the year leading up to the birth of Jesus Christ. I wonder what words were on the minds of those who were living in Jerusalem, Bethlehem, and the surrounding areas. Maybe for some of them, it was all about Roman rule, Roman occupation. For others, maybe about the insane tyrant Herod who was killing people right and left. Others may have been thinking of the government-mandated travel, travel that they had to do to register for the census. To bring it closer to home with Mary and Joseph, maybe they were thinking about their poverty, the poverty of their circumstances. Or maybe the perceived scandal around them of premarital pregnancy. Then, of course, you have the impending nine-month pregnant, 90-mile journey that they would have to take to Bethlehem with no hotel reservations to await them there. Then, of course, you think of the far more difficult Christmases that lay ahead, the far more difficult Decembers, if you will, that lay ahead for Mary and Joseph as they would endure, watching their son grow up, be rejected, suffer, and ultimately be crucified on a Roman cross. Now, these were just some of the trials which accompanied the visitation of God in the flesh to this earth. It was in the midst of a very difficult season when Joseph likely had many opportunities to question God's plan, to wonder what God was really doing with them, to lament over his circumstances, and perhaps he was just really weary from all the weight of this world. It was in the midst of a season like this that a messenger of the Lord brought a new word, brought a new word into this world, a word of hope. A word which would cause many a weary people in a very weary world to rejoice. There are three descriptions in this passage which Cliff just read. The three descriptors of this coming Christ child which the angel gives to Joseph. Three descriptors in this angelic announcement that I want us to see which show us that this is the only word worth holding on to today. The first one is this, that the angel says, that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. That which which is conceived in Mary is from the Holy Spirit. One of the reasons why it is so difficult for people to conceive of a virgin conception is because they're only looking with the eyes of their flesh. 
It's the same reason why for some of us it's so difficult to see hope in the midst of tough circumstances because we're only seeing with the eyes of the flesh. Of course, we know that flesh and blood cannot reveal to us the Savior of the world. Only the Spirit can do that. The Scriptures tell us that only the spiritual can discern spiritual things. The Scriptures tell us that what is seen with our eyes is merely transient, but what is unseen is eternal. We could look at numerous examples in Scripture of those who never got to take hold of the things they were hoping for in this world, yet by faith they gained an eternity in heaven. We know that the flesh fails. The material world is decaying, but what is of the Spirit of God remains forever. For as the psalmist puts it in Psalm 73, 26, My flesh and my heart fail, may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. I bring this up because in years like these, more than ever, we must remember that hoping in the things of our flesh or hoping in the things of this world will fail. They will ultimately fail at the end of the day. But whatever is conceived by the Holy Spirit of God will remain forever. And so I ask you today, does that same Spirit by whom Christ was conceived in the womb of Mary... That same spirit that he would breathe out on his disciples before commissioning them. That same Holy Spirit that would raise him from the dead. Does that spirit reside in you today? The next word that the angel delivers to Joseph is this. That she will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. Just like many of the people, the Jewish people who were living in and around Jerusalem in that day, hard times for us can sometimes cause us to place far too much hope in lowercase s salvations. Salvation from illness, salvation from financial hardships, salvation from political powers. We say, oh, that we would be free from the debt that is piling up, that we would be free from our job uncertainty and finally have lasting security, that we would be free from political turmoil, free from the coronavirus, free from family dysfunction. I'm not saying that those aren't really good things to long for freedom from, but you know, you could take all of these external circumstances, these these external things away, And you would still be just as miserable without the capital S Savior in your life. The word here is very explicit that the angel has for Joseph. For he will save his people. It doesn't end there. He won't just deliver his people, save them from their enemies. He will save his people from their sins. You know, one of the things that has been made very clear this year particularly is that this world has no place for certain kinds of sinners. Do you know what I mean? This world has no room at the end for the redemption of people who commit certain very unfashionable 
sins in society. But we know that there is a capital S Savior whose name is God Saves. Jesus, Yeshua, Emmanuel, whose redemptive reach can go where no human ever could go. The psalmist says in Psalm 130, If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, if you should count our sins against us, who could stand? We're all undone. And we have this answer in Isaiah 53. He was crushed on that cross for our iniquities, for our sins. And by his wounds, by his willing, loving sacrifice, we have been healed. There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Jesus is his name. God saves. Jesus, the name that charms our fears, that bids our sorrows cease. Tis music in the sinner's ears. Tis life and health and peace. He breaks the power of canceled sin. He sets the prisoner free. His blood can make the foulest clean. His blood availed for me. And finally, there's one more word that the angel gives us here to describe the Christ child that I want to leave us, leave with us tonight, filling our hearts as we head into Christmas. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. This word, Emmanuel, God with us, with us, this word is the gospel in a name. Emmanuel, God with us, means that the righteous one has, been, has made his home among the sinful so that we would be forever made right with a holy God. Emmanuel means that all who hope in Jesus will never be put to shame. Emmanuel means that we now have the power to overcome our greatest enemy, the enemy of sin. Emmanuel means that we have the hope of the resurrection, the hope that we will put on new bodies one day and reign with him forever. And in the year 2020, just like it has every year in the past, Emmanuel means that though we may feel our flesh failing all around us, and though we may be sensing that the, the familiar structures which we once thought were indestructible are now, now falling apart, that we may lament the inability to be with those whom we love even tomorrow, Emmanuel means that we can have peace because God is here with us at all times. He's no less with us in the valley the shadow of death. He's no less with us in the year 2020 than he was 2019. He's no less with us in the darkness than he is with us in the light and on the mountain. God is with us. That's worth celebrating the rest of eternity. Come back to these slides, if I can bring them up here. 
There's a final word cloud for us. You know how these word clouds are made, right? You take a passage or a document or a list, and based on how many times the word shows up in that list, that's how prominent it shows up in the word cloud. And I was thinking, if, if all of my words, if, if all of your words that were recorded throughout this past year were put into some kind of word cloud generator, I wonder which ones would stand out the largest. Maybe it would be COVID-19 or quarantine or canceled. But I want you to be careful Because if your focus is always only on all of the broken things, it's going to be very difficult to see the many redemptive works of God that he has been doing all throughout this year and is going to continue to do in your lives. And you look at this word cloud, which takes many of the words from the passage that was read earlier. Imagine if at the end of 2021... These were the most common words that had come out of your mouth throughout that year. I'm not talking as like some kind of incantation or certainly not as a profanity or as a byword, but I mean that spending time with Jesus would so fill your hearts and exulting in these truths and rejoicing in the fact that God is with me even in the midst of my trial, that that was so much a part of your life, so much a part of your everyday that you could look back on the year and say, these were the most common words that defined my 2021. Jesus, Emmanuel, Savior, eternal treasure, redemption, hope, forgiveness. When these are the words that are filling up our hearts, I can guarantee you that all the other words of the world and all of the other new words you're going to learn in the year ahead will never seem nearly as scary. And so my hope and my prayer for you, brothers and sisters, in the days to come and in the year to come and throughout the rest of your life is that the word, the word who became flesh, Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, will be the single word which defines everything else. The single word which defines your life. Let's make that our hope and our prayer this Christmas and throughout the remaining years of our life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. We have so much to rejoice in this evening because we know the Savior of the world. We know the Savior of our sins, the one who has made peace between you and us by canceling that record of debt on the cross. So Lord, we ask by the help of your Holy Spirit that the name of Jesus would be on our lips constantly, morning and evening, day after day, as we experience his redemption in our lives continually. Lord, we thank you for this time. We pray that you would go with us as we leave here and as we celebrate the birth of our Savior tomorrow. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.